In this week's episode, we had an amazing conversation with our guest, Snow and Amber. We talked about the process of making a feature-length film, the acceptance of trans people in the entertainment industry, the process of learning, and what the heck an ARG is. Thank you again to Noah and Amber for taking time out of your day to come and chat with us. And without further ado, let's get right into it. We are live for the latest episode of the DWD podcast. Today we're doing our first two-person interview, and we're also doing it over a third-party source, so it's it's a little different than what we usually doing use. This through the internet. <laughs> but without further ado, let's give a very, very warm welcome to Noah and Amber for coming on for this conversation. Hi, thanks for having us. <laughs> oh, we get an applause. Wow. <laughs> awesome. So, how are you guys off, feeling today? Yeah. How how are y'all doing? Cuz we uh fantastic. Okay. My legs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, Noah, we we actually know you because we went to camp with you a few years right. back. Right. Um, yeah. but we haven't seen you in quite literally like 4 yeah. years. So, Yeah, yeah. So, first off, we just want to know what have you been up to? <laughs> Ah, yeah, that, that's a pretty loaded question. Um, well, I'm sure you've heard that uh, camp actually shut down recently, so that's kind I of a bummer. I did hear that, yeah. Yeah, so um, this summer, actually, they uh, located a lot of Luoma people to like a different camp. So uh, this summer, I'm going to be going there. Um, and they actually hired me as a uh, media specialist, so I'm going to be teaching kids how to make uh, movies, which is basically what I've been up to for the last, whatever, how long has it been? Like three years? Mm-hmm. Three years since... Uh, since we saw each other, I just started getting into, like, YouTube and movies and all of that. So that's what's been new for me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, and Am- Amber, we, we don't know much about you. Could you give us a little bit of, like, a background as to who you are, where you're from, stuff like that? Oh, gosh. So um, I live uh, not too far from Noah. We're here in New Jersey together. And we didn't know each other until um, high school because we ended up going to the same uh, performing arts school and right yeah i forgot to mention that <laughs> <laughs> no so, way uh, yeah we go to a performing arts school and we met each other there um we weren't really like friends right away or anything i don't have like a cute story like that mm-hmm. but um <laughs> mostly through uh working with noah on his various films and stuff we um got a lot closer i guess because I was always ready to, like, jump on board to, like, support whatever he was doing. Because right. it's always really cool. So just to That's add a little awesome. bit of, like, context to that, when I started my YouTube channel, uh, I needed a lot of help. <laughs> and I kind of just, like, started by myself. And Amber here was the first to be like, hey, I really like what you're doing. I would love to help you out whenever I can. And, like, at this point, we knew of each other. We were friendly, but we weren't, like, friends friends. But I, like, absolutely needed help. So I was like, yeah, any help I can get. And from there, we've just been, like, very close. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So you said that you go to a performing arts school. Do you guys both do film there? or? Uh, <laughs> I wish. No. Uh, we, we're both theater majors. So um, oh, wow. they don't actually offer any, like, film programs. Um, 
I actually thought I wanted to be an actor going into high school. Is that is that what you wanted to do too? You know, no, I didn't actually. <laughs> I knew I didn't want to be an actor, but I loved um like theater, you know. So I wanted to go there to uh, to learn a lot more about it. Um, and it ended up being just a lot of rigorous acting training instead right. of like <laughs> actual like theater history and stuff like that. So I still had fun, but it wasn't exactly what I was there for. Yeah, we're finishing up in like a few weeks now, but that's crazy. So yeah, how, yeah. how did y'all get the opportunity to go to a performing arts school? Is that something that's around you, or are you traveling like crazy far distances just to go there? Uh, it's in my town. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> what's, what's, yeah, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the commute like for you? 30 minutes. Is it really 30 <laughs> minutes? Dang. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Well, in the mornings because traffic and all that. Right, yeah. Uh, no, from, it's in my town, uh, but it's, it's a county school, so like we have some people. I've, I've heard of some people getting like, 50 minute bus rides to our to our high school it's pretty nuts was there was there an application going into it or is it yeah, just like yeah. an expressed interest type of thing uh well you had to for for the performing arts school it's it's one of five schools on our campus so you first had to pass an academic um requirement so like they made you take a test and they like checked your grades and all that yeah it's actually like the academic standards for the school were um like people kind of discredit the academics because it's a performing arts school but the academics had kind of a high standard for entry. Yeah, we had we had to take the same test and like have the same uh, like scrutiny as everyone else in on the campus for like that. And people on campus were also going to that campus for stuff like law and computer engineering. Right. Uh, it, it's like a it's a vocational campus really, and uh, our section is the performing arts one. So after we passed the academic section, they had us. They called us in for an audition, whether that be for like. We had to say a monologue. That's what you and I had to do. Mm-hmm. But some people had to uh, take a dance class, and they judged you based off of that. Cool. So cool. Uh, given yeah. that you both went in as theater, like focusing on theater stuff, what is what really sparked your interests in in filmmaking? How did what was that process like? Is there any moment that you remember where you like? Yeah. What was the spark? Yeah. <laughs> I have a certain moment actually, um, but I want to know what what you have to say because I, I don't I. I imagine it has a lot to do with me, but if there's anything that, like, you had particularly about film that made you, like, say, hey, hey, this is kind of fun. Well, I guess what sparked my interest in, like, film and the process and all that isn't so much just that, like, we were, like, kind of friends at this point, and, like, I wanted to help you out, and then I got into it through that. It was just, I don't know if this is going to make total sense, but... And this is so weird to say to you at the same time, but it's so like impressive, I guess, to see somebody, especially like at our age, that like wants something. Ah, oh, come and on. And then <laughs> no, really, like they just like rigorously pursue it, and like they don't sit down until it's, <laughs> until it's done. And yeah. I was like, I wanted to like be a part of that. Oh, because I, I knew that. that like I didn't I don't really have that motivation like in myself. So to just like be a part of it was super awesome. And then uh once Noah actually put a camera in my hand, <laughs> then I started feeling like really strongly about that. I remember so specifically it was, like, a thing. I remember specifically uh we, we're we're in the middle of making a feature length right now and so like uh obviously I need help with that and occasionally I'll be like Hey Amber, uh, just set up the frame right now because like she's done it a few times. She kind of like understands the process, and 
I can tell when she like sets up like a framing really nice or like really likes the lighting because her whole face lights up and it's really kind of like I I I totally feel that. Um, don't don't skip out on the details. I go, ah. Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny. But uh, for me, when I first when I um what really got me into it was actually um it's funny enough during camp, um I started to just sort of listen to conversations. Because, um, I mean, I don't want to, like, blow a pity party or whatever, but, like, I wasn't always included in, like, all of the things that was going on. So, like, I kind of just would sit down and, like, listen to what people were talking about. And I just got really fascinated in, like, just dialogue and how people spoke to each other. Um, And then eventually, like, just a bunch of things happened to me, like, over the course of that summer. And just, um, I remember specifically, I was sitting on the swings, just, like, by myself after something particularly, I don't even remember what happened, but something particularly saddening happened and I was like I need to be by myself on the swings uh, because I used to always go there and uh, I was sitting on the swings and it was sunset and I was just swinging on it thinking about things and thinking about like what had been going on that day and all of a sudden like I just like saw a camera angle I don't know how to describe it but just like I just saw that through a lens like that very moment and then ever since then a lot of like a lot of my life has just been like oh, uh, that dialogue sounded cool, this place is kind of cool, this lighting is kind of cool, what would that look like under this camera angle? Or how would this, like, story play out if I were to, like, think about it like this? And, you know, that's just sort of uh, how my love for film started. It was actually, like, four years ago, right before freshman year. That's awesome. I, I love that story. I can't believe you can remember that with such clarity, yeah. by the way. Oh, God. I, I, <laughs> I have remember a terrible thinking... memory. <laughs> At that moment, I remember thinking, like, this is a big decision. Because that was the moment I was like, I'm going into film. Like, because at that point, I thought I was going to be an actor. But at that, when I had that experience, I was like, no, I don't want to be an actor. I want to go into, (laughs) I want to make movies. (laughs) Side note, I really commend you for your internal motivation. How Amber described you is really amazing. Just seeing that you started with a film camera in your hand and you just stuck with it, which is really amazing. And it's a really rare um, right. attribute that people have just to stick with a passion. So well, that, that's what uh, attracted me to like you guys in this podcast. Cause I saw all of a sudden Asher put on his story, like, Hey, I'm starting a podcast. Uh, episodes are going to be coming out periodically. And I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. Uh, cause I, I totally, I, I totally agree with you. There's something to be said about, uh, people who have a passion and totally just go for it full on, you know, appreciate so. that. And, <laughs> and that's kind of one of our missions with the podcast is right. to, to highlight people like you and like Amber, who, you know, most people probably won't know you. You're not famous uh, or yet, at least <laughs> um, <laughs> working on it. And, and, and neither are we. But the amazing thing is we can have a conversation and you guys can get a spotlight when like in reality, we don't usually get that. Right. Um, when it comes to your dynamic with your work, because you've, you've mentioned this uh, a bit, what is the dynamic like? What Noah, what do you typically end up doing? Amber, what, what type of roles, what type yeah. of... Yeah, and has the dynamic shifted a bit since the beginning of your film? Uh, so I'm going first here. Go for it. I'm going first here. I fold Noah's clothes. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Amber, Amber basically lives in my house now uh, because we're making this uh, film. And funny enough... Um, uh, I don't want to say I don't have a lot of friends, but for a joke, I'm going to say I don't have a lot of friends because this movie consists of six characters and uh, I play five of them. (laughs) It's a movie about um, a person coming to terms with his inner demons uh, personified as like clones of himself. So and I, I learned this editing technique 
a long time ago and I was like, I'm going to be able to learn, like figure out how to do this. Like somehow this is going to be useful. Like I just learned how to clone myself. Um, and then one thing led to another, which we'll talk about later. And uh, eventually this movie came into my head. Um, but I I'm also directing it, but I can't like always direct it and be in front of the camera like at all times. So a lot of times since like we've done this, um, we've, we've been at this for almost a year now. Um, actually my computer might die in a second, but, uh, we'll get, we'll get the charger in a second, but, um, we've been at this for almost a year now and Amber has sort of like learned, um, some like techniques about film and stuff like that. And, uh, occasionally I'll just be like, Hey, can you just set up this shot for me while I like get into costume and like, you know, figure out my lines and all that. That's awesome. Yeah, um, we're, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. We've reached kind of like a weird point where it often feels like I can read Noah's mind, which is kind of strange. I'm going to run and get my computer charger really quick. Just finish your thought. Okay, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, he kind of just threw a laptop at me. Uh, you too. But, um, geez, how was I saying this? Uh, yeah, it's... He'll say things to me that um, if there are other people around, it will make any sense to them. I guess, but uh, we're kind of just on the same wavelength, I guess, is the right way to say it, and when it's just the two of us together, and we have, like, 14 hours worth of work to do before we can do something like start our homework, um, it just feels like it flies by, and we don't even really, like, have to do much talking to each other, find it because <laughs> we both just know uh, what has to go on, and That's awesome. sure. yeah, we're used to, like, how we do things. That's cool. How long have you? Both yeah, been yeah. Um, <laughs> I came. I just came back. Uh, occasionally, like we'll have other people on set, like helping out uh, as our crew. But sometimes it's just me and Amber. And during those times, we kind of just like fly through things. Um, and it's just like we have this like really, um, really cool chemistry where we can just kind of get through things when it's just us really quickly. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to your work, you mentioned you dropped that you're you're making a feature length. Right. Uh, a few times. What what is the what is the idea behind it? Is there is there a <laughs> message that you're trying to get across? Where where did the idea come from? And then also, I know these are a lot of questions, but also, how how are you going about doing that? Given that I like I don't know if you have a budget or anything, if the school subsidizes <laughs> it or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but how how are you going about doing that? Uh, it's all out of pocket. Um, this is a huge passion project of mine. I did the math. A few months ago and it's gone the, the number has gone way up since then but I did some calculations about how much out-of-pocket spending I went into this and it's been over $1,300 uh, just on this <laughs> uh, pretty much every working hour that I have is either working on the film working on something for the film or working on getting money for the film um, it, it um, but basically it started um, I <laughs> I remember I, I, I made a post on a, on one of my spam Instagram accounts, and I was like, hey, guys, should I make a YouTube channel? And then my followers were like, yeah, make a YouTube channel. It's this casual thing, whatever. Um, that was over a year ago. And then uh, I just casually started making YouTube videos. Um, I put a lot of effort into it, but I didn't think that it would be where it is now. Uh, and eventually, <laughs> they, were, they were about um, just like... 10-minute shorts about, like, things that I found interesting. Like, uh, one of the videos was, um, 
what is love? So I like did a 10 minute video about explaining like what love is and like how, and uh, I did one about like, should we legalize marijuana? What happens if the sun disappeared? That's a terrible video. Don't watch that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then there was one, and I always, I always tried to make them kind of entertaining. Like um, the way I described it to people is it was almost like Bill Nye-esque. Not as cheesy, but like kind of, it had that same kind of tone. And one day I did a, I did a video about um, fear. And just to spice it up, I, I, I learned about the mechanics of fear, how to like properly scare people, how horror movies do it and stuff like that. And that was what the video was about. So in order to show that off, I just like made a quick little thing where I was like scaring people. I, I added in like little interludes in between like the, the, the video of me like running away from something. And it was kind of creepy, whatever. Uh, it didn't really mean anything, but then I I um I looked at it and I was telling you before about like how I kind of just like see situations and then like think of stories around them. I mm-hmm. I was watching back the video with these little interludes, these like kind of creepy things, and I was like, "There's a story here. Like, what am I running from? Why am I there? What's going on?" And I came up with this huge elaborate story, and then I immediately called up Amber and I was like. Hey, I have this like crazy idea. Do you want to help me out with it? This was like almost, it was a little less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I told you my whole idea and she was like, yes, I'm on board. We're doing it. <laughs> and now a brief announcement from our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to be on this podcast? Well, if you're a senior in high school, here's your opportunity. We need some of your help. We're putting together a really cool new project and need as many seniors in high school as possible to send an audio recording or an email of yourself talking about one thing that you have learned during your senior year of high school. It can be about anything related to how the college process taught you an important lesson or a strategy that you used to cope with stress during the year. All thoughts are welcome, so make sure to spread the word to your friends because they can be included in the podcast as well. Please send the recording or the email to the debate without debate podcast at gmail.com or any of the social media accounts that we have linked in the description. Thank you so much for listening to that message. Now back to the conversation. Can you all pinpoint any particular role models which you have in terms of filmmaking? Uh, role models? Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a bunch. Um, I mean, one of the biggest – I have a few, like, big ones. Uh, one of them is Bo Burnham. Have you ever heard of him? He's a, he's, he's a comedian, but he's also a, a director. And um, he, he, uh, he recently directed – I don't know if you heard of the movie Eighth Grade. No, I've never heard of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it came out last summer. Uh, it got really good reviews. Basically, um, he, he's a comedian, but he talks a lot about, like, his struggles with anxiety and, like, his struggles with being an artist. But, like, um, in a serious way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, he, he's able to, like, take the comedy and, like, I don't know. Um, but another big one is, uh, someone named Dan Avidan. Uh, and right now he is, he's two things. He is, um, the lead singer of a like a parody band called Ninja Sex Party. And he also is a YouTube Let's Player. And you may think, okay, so what does this guy have to, like, talk about? Like, why is he inspirational? But uh, I, it's more of, like, a podcast, and then they have, like, gameplay in the background, and they just kind of, like, talk about their lives. And he is a very big advocate of, like, doing what you want and, like, doing it loudly. Um, one of his quotes is actually my senior quote, which is um, a lot of people say oh, I'm an aspiring artist or I'm an aspiring writer. No, you're an artist, you're a writer. If you do that shit every day, it's what you do. Can I curse on this, by the way? Yeah, you can curse. Don't worry about it. So (laughs) he he said that, and that's like, that really resonated with me because I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm an aspiring filmmaker, but I do it every day to a point where it's like, no, that is what I am, you know? And 
I think no matter how small you're doing something or like how little your audience is, it doesn't matter. Like that's that if you're doing it all the time, that's like a part of you. And so he's one of my biggest role models in that sense. Amber, do you have any? Um, no, really. <laughs> I was kind of just like, I, at some point I kind of got myself in a loop where I felt myself, I, I felt, um, like I was kind of just handcuffed to Noah and I was going to do this. None of this is Noah's fault. This is all Noah was always, he was like really good about like, Hey, you can like chill out if you need to. But I was like, no, me and Noah are doing this thing together now, and it's important to me too. So, um, in general, though, don't don't you have any like role models just like for life or anything like that? Jeez, my mom. Ah, <laughs> <Aww>, that's cute. <laughs> I, all right, yeah. So explain why. No, well, you knew I was joking. Me and my mom don't get along. Yeah, I, I was, I was gonna say like, what, really? Okay. No, well. I, I can't say that I have a role model. Mostly because I don't feel strongly like I want to be like someone else. You know, like Amber's. Amber's are very much like a jack of all trades. Yeah. Um, part of part of this project that we've been doing is not just like film and media based that's like my expertise but a lot of it um which we we may touch on later has to do with we actually created um in order to prom- like to promote this project we created sort of a a scavenger hunt that that's you exactly had. That's, what that's i was not really what i want to call it it's <laughs> technically called an arg but for for simplicity's term we'll call it a scavenger hunt um and it, a lot of it involved like solving puzzles and figuring out clues all around the internet and i'm not really good with that sort of stuff so uh, a lot of times I'd just be like, hey, Amber, can you do this for me? This random obscure ca- task that like no one should be able to do. And then like five minutes later, it's done. So I'm not surprised you don't have a role model because like you're just good at everything. <laughs> it's um, it's a lot of like, he'll ask me to do something that I don't know how to do. He's like, uh, hey, can you like Photoshop? One of them was like, can you like Photoshop this thing for me? Right. And I was like, did hey, I ask you to Photoshop something? Yes. Okay. But. <laughs> I was like, well, damn, I don't know how to use Photoshop. Time to, like, learn very small amounts of video editing over the next 15 minutes. Uh, video editing. Photoshop, photo editing yeah. over the next 15 minutes. And then um, I don't think I even answered him. I don't even think I said I could do it. I just sent it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, you always do stuff like that, yeah. I respect that, though. It's So one thing that Joey and I have been learning a lot about um through the podcast is kind of how to how to actually run this because i mean we have no prior knowledge so a lot of what joey did at the beginning of this was hours and hours and literally hours hours just sitting in front of a screen watching youtube videos reading reddit platforms just trying to get myself acquainted with the technologies associated with podcasting was that a similar thing to what what you guys have done uh sorry repeat the question so uh, like learning online right like none of us know everything is right. that is that kind of what y'all have been doing to to improve your craft? Yeah, yeah. I was listening to one of your other uh, podcasts, and uh, it was I, I forget the guy's name, but he was talking about how uh, he wrote a college essay about how he uses YouTube to learn everything. He's like completely self self made. Yeah, and I one hundred percent resonate with that. Uh, I am one hundred percent YouTube taught. In fact, like if I'm not making this movie or at school, I'm like watching YouTube and learning things, um, and. 
so yeah, I'd say mostly I've learned through experience and just teaching myself through YouTube like like Joey did. So uh I am the exact opposite. Nobody can tell me how to do anything. <laughs> and if they try, I'll get confused and it won't work exactly like they said it would work, and then I get really upset and then I don't want to do it. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel that though. Uh, I feel that. Oh, so a lot of it for me is like um I'll just pop open whatever software I need to be using and I'm like okay this one this little button here has a pencil on it so that probably like will draw a line for me and then I try <laughs> to draw a line and I was like wow that didn't draw a line okay um, so you just learn basically as you go yeah I kind of just start from that stresses nothing. me out that and stresses me that out. that got me from uh remember um at one point I just got bored so I downloaded um Jeez, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, I downloaded like FL Studio, which is all like um, yeah, audio software oh, okay. for like making music and stuff. Oh right! And I just kind of like made a song, and it's not really great. <laughs> it's pretty good it's... for like not knowing the software or anything like that. Well, I was just like, I want to like learn how to do this, so I did that. And um, then also like this, I learned. Uh, at one point, we were having trouble with somebody who was um, am animating some of our videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just, we never ended up using it because the actual, like, drawing quality wasn't great. But I kind of just, like, learned how to animate, sort of. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's on the really fly, cool. we were, uh, oh, I hope my audio isn't peaking. I'm looking at this now. But uh, no, on good. the fly, we were um, having trouble, like you said, with this animator. And I was like just going back and forth being like, okay, uh, when will it come out? And it's not their fault. They were, you know, they were going through. We were stuff. asking a lot. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember I just went, I went to Amber's house one day and she just had similar looking animations open. I'm like, how do you have that? She was like, yeah, I made it. Like <laughs> I, I tried my best to mirror the style. I don't have a lot of experience in like, you know, drawing. So it wasn't perfect. Um, I do. I just darn well close. I I just so happened to have like um like a graphics tablet, so I just kind of like plugged it into my computer. I was like, let's find out how to do this. Right. And um, a lot of it was like, okay, I know that like I don't have the control to make this perfectly symmetrical, so I already drew one of his arms. So I'm just gonna copy it and like copy and paste it and like mirror it. Right. Um. So I kind of just, like, taught myself how to do things that if any <laughs> professional saw me do, they'd probably have a heart attack. <laughs> that's all good. That's that's really cool, though. I haven't – I know, like, from from a scientific standpoint, trial and error is huge. But I've never mm. really seen that applied for, for all of these very complex programs. Because I've tried to, to work with, like, various different softwares. Like, even, even when we started doing this podcast, we tried to use – a different... I think we went through like three audio platforms just trying to nitpick which one was best. Yeah, mm. and we we tried learning online, but ultimately we ended up settling on GarageBand because it's literally just the simplest, um, and it ends up hey, sounding mean, like works. fine. Yeah, uh, but that's really cool. One one of the things that that I'd love to delve into, if y'all are good with it, is when when Noah and I were chatting it up a little bit over our Instagram DMs because I haven't seen him in a while. Um, is that he mentioned that one of your major missions um, with everything mm. that you're doing is to welcome trans people into uh, the media world. Now, I'll, I'll let for, you start with that. With, we'll actually finish your question. Yeah, yeah. Just the for for people who might not understand why that's necessary, could you give a little explanation of 
why why that's something that needs to be done and then also if you what feel comfortable of, of course and also what type of work you're doing that that kind of pushes that message message forward so uh just to uh just to like m- make things comfortable amber's like pointing at me to like explain this is that okay you, you want, start you want start. me to explain it okay um so i actually um i met amber as matt uh and um one day uh Amber just became Amber, you know, announced it on Instagram, said, hey, I'm Amber now. And that, of course, um, totally, like, blew all of our minds. But, like, we're, we're all performers. Like, everyone that I'm surrounded with is all performers. We're all very, like, accepting. So, like, luckily for that, you were in a good community. And um, so all of a sudden, like, my, one of my best friends just came out to me as trans. Like, I had to deal with that. And obviously, that didn't change anything about our friendship. Not mm-hmm. at all. Um, and through like working with you, that hasn't changed anything about you other than the fact that that's just how you identify, you know? Um, I hope you don't mind that I like just no explain it, good. you know? Um, and I'm sure you could talk a little bit more about that cause I'm just your friend. I'm from a third party standard, but, um, excuse me. Um, but through that, I, I've met a lot of, I, I actually haven't told you this, but I've met a lot of other like trans people online, uh, and they're all just like, they're all people, you know, and I'm realizing like gay rights is getting a lot of like momentum and that's fantastic, but there's a lot of like gray area around trans rights and just like implementing transgender people into like the norm. And uh, I specifically remember I was in history class a few years back and we were talking about um, the Nazi era. And when the history teacher brought up, he was like, well, if you were in that era, like would you support the Jews? And obviously everyone was like, of course, like I would stand up against Nazism. Like I would never succumb to that. But I was thinking about it. And when you're living in that era, it's really hard to notice when there's something wrong. You know, you kind of have to take a step back and be like, hey, wait a second. Something isn't right here. So that's how like, I don't want to compare our today's society to Nazism, but like that's how Nazism became a thing. It's just people kind of blindly accepted what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was thinking, well, if I were in that environment, would I really stand up for what was wrong? And that totally like blew my mind. And now I'm thinking about it. Amber is still my best friend. And, uh, I see like sometimes people like treat trans people like shit and that's not cool. So I'm going to say, you know what? I think that society would do better if transgender people were in the norm if that was something that was accepted by everybody and i've sort of made it my mission you know my little like idea of the world is i i want to make movies so i want to make my media company or whatever company i have in the future um sort of like a flagship for welcoming trans people into the media industry and i'm hoping that if that goes successfully, then other industries will start to welcome trans people. And that's not to say, like, oh, uh, trans people need to come to the media, but I also want to make it very clear that these people are still people and they are deserving of jobs just the same as anyone else. Absolutely. If you wanted to, like, add to that. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I guess the main thing that I want to add is... um. Something that I think that, like, Noah finds kind of important is not just having, like, trans people, like, on the screen, but also as part of the process. Right. And that's a kind of, um, that's not something that I feel like I ever hear 
people be very outspoken about you know um people are like okay we need more movies with a trans protagonist but um i don't hear a lot about like we need uh more movies that are like directed by trans people and stuff like that Am, is that making sense to you yeah that that totally makes sense okay so i'm uh noah's included me in part of the process here and i i really appreciate that um but as for right now at least i feel like even the uh movies that are out about um trans people and the trans experience are so um are so much more often like uh, a trans character and their story about being transgender and of course like these movies are important and such because people like need to have something to relate to when they're having struggles with like their journey like that but there isn't a lot around at least i feel like that's like a regular story about a person who is trans you know Mm -hmm. it's like the trans is always like in capitals yeah you know like imagine imagine star wars but like one of the characters was trans like right now that sounds like a way out there concept but my goal as a movie director and not even just like on screen but just like in general uh i just want people who are trans to just feel like they're in a normal society you know that they aren't like out there like they aren't you know uh something that what about the they shouldn't feel like an outsider you know yeah i i totally agree and and honestly major respect to both of you for sure for for embarking on this because you know as teenagers we hear a ton of stuff on the news um about people and and about what they believe the world should look like but the fact that you both even even at such a young age have that much passion for this project is amazing one and two that you're actually doing it is even more amazing for sure Uh, what i'm wondering about is what do you think uniquely is is impactful about the movie process um about the movie itself that helps uh, trans people helps as as noah described it as more of a normalization of the experience of a trans person well part of it is just like i don't know anything else except for making movies <laughs> okay uh i'm not i'm not really good at anything else and i know that no matter what happens that's the industry that i'm gonna go into um so it's more it's rather than like helping the entire trans community in every aspect of society rather than attacking like all aspects of society all at once because i know that's just going to be like not helpful rather i want to take what i know and sort of incorporate the trans community into that and hopefully others will get inspired by that in their own communities like you know in say the radio industry or in uh, in just business in general and all of that, I want it to sort of become normalized, but it has to be like baby steps. Another thing is about the movie making process is it's not just one person gets a camera, one person gets in front of the camera and then it's, oh, okay, we have a movie now. It's, there's a million different jobs. And even me at an amateur level, when I don't have that much of a budget, when I don't have a film crew all the time, there's so many things that need to be done. And to say that only one certain type of person can fill this position they have to uh they have to identify as the gender they were born as otherwise they can't do it that's just frankly ridiculous in my opinion yeah i i also just think that like it's um it's two separate things to say that um yes a trans person can direct this film right 
Uh, and it's a completely separate thing to say, yes, a trans person is directing this yeah, film, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, that, is, that does make a big difference. very interesting. What do you think the difference is, particularly? It's um, everybody, because of, you know, everything that happens to them in their life has uh, a unique perspective mm-hmm. on the world around them, right? And it's a bit of a difficult thing to explain because my perspective on the world isn't um it's not like i look at the world and like everything is about being trans but the fact that i am trans has altered my perspective on the world Mm. in ways that i don't think um are exactly commonplace among people who haven't had the same experiences as me so it's just um more ways to tell a story and as a trans person i can reach those uh like connections with other trans people who are out there right uh yeah and part of the reason why i am so uh accepting of that community especially like i want to bring them in and stuff like that is because when when directing a movie it's all about how you see the world like uh it's all about your perspective and bringing your thing into it you can uh you can take any script and make it your own it doesn't matter what the writing is any director any good director can take a script and incorporate their own experience into it and the fact that the the transgender experience it doesn't necessarily have to revolve around being trans but that is a different experience that is completely underrepresented in all industries especially the media industry absolutely no i'm wondering from you cuz you're you're speaking obviously as an ally in this case mm-hmm. do you find that you get pushback from trying to do these projects for from trying to be an ally well um Considering I'm I'm very I'm a very small creator, I don't not a lot of people know about um, what my uh, stance on this is. But when I do tell people about it, I do get a little bit of uh, pushback, especially in like the like the workplace that I work now. I work in like restaurants and stuff, and that kind of environment is very like uh, I don't know. It's very different than the than the school environment I grow up in. Because when you're surrounded by performers, you're surrounded by people who are very accepting. When you're in a workplace, like in a restaurant, there's always like kind of a set way to do things, and if you det- if you go away from that, uh, they 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 don't really like that. Uh, I I actually um, I have a tattoo, uh, and it's of a heart. It's on my wrist, and it's based off a film that I have. And I remember recently I walked into one of my old jobs, one of my friends. And he saw my tattoo, didn't know anything about it, didn't know like what it was about, uh, and he just like immediately called me a faggot. I'm like, oh, you know that's something that needs to change. That shouldn't be something that's just like you see something that's a little bit different than the norm, and all of a sudden it's it's, it's wrong, derogatory. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I think that it's really interesting how the theater community has always been the forefront of gender acceptance or acceptance for really anything in this world. I mean, uh, as long as I can remember, there's always been uh, people on Broadway who have. Uh, been open about their gender affiliation or uh, being a member of the LGBTQ community. And I think that it's really interesting how even today that's still happening, you know, how Mm -hmm. uh, even your your theater community is accepting of people who are trans or people who are coming out Mm -hmm. and um, saying that they're trans. What what about the community? Do you think, because you mentioned this before, that you feel like your community was very accepting 
Um, what about the theater community, about the film community? What, what about them do you think intrinsically has led them to being this accepting of this process when with the rest of society has, has kind of been left behind? Okay, I can totally answer that one for you. Hmm. Because um, with, uh, within most art forms, so much of the actual uh, work is all about um, expressing emotion, mm-hmm. right? And with theater specifically, I feel like a lot of the work that goes into it is understanding the person that you're supposed to be acting as. Yes. And because of that, you develop this, you're, you're forced to develop this like acute sense of, um, of empathy. Yeah. You know, to kind of feel you're used to uh making yourself feel and understand what the people in the script uh feel and it kind of just naturally translates itself into real life Mm -hmm. because i know um i can look back and the more theater i've done the more empathetic i found myself Right, right so i think in um acting both on stage and in front of a camera there, it's just that sense of being able to put yourself into other people's shoes so well. Mm. In that fact, makes it, people more accepting. Yeah. In, in fact, like any good actor or any time, for example, whenever I do a good scene that I'm proud of, sometimes it takes me a moment to like remember that I'm not that person. Like you need to kind of like get out of it when you when you're when you're a good actor and you like get into character like that. You need to know everything about the character that you are you need to know what they had for breakfast that morning you need to know what they were doing right before the scene you need to know how they're feeling in that moment you need to know what their hands are doing you need to know all of that and you come to find that everyone has their own unique experience which is something we talked about before um and so i think that's definitely what adds to that acceptance is just uh like you said a really strong sense of empathy because mm-hmm. um i guess you can like know I guess that, um, for example, nobody's like really evil, you know, everybody yeah. has motivations. Mm-hmm. They mean something good. Right. But it's different to play that villain and to have a really deep understanding of those emotions and why they're not truly quote unquote evil. Right. Do you think that that's ever impacted you in a negative way? Cause I know the guy who played Joker, I think in the last oh, Batman God. film yeah. went insane because of it or something like that. Um, and so do you ever feel like, you're so immersed in the role that it has a negative effect on your mental health or just the way that you interact with others. I know I have an experience. Do you have anything? Uh, or? Yeah, I'm reminded of a very specific one um, that involved uh, me being the um, the uh, perpetrator of um, sexual abuse. Ooh. And then... Uh, in that same show, there was a um, there was a homeless man. Uh, he had a little mm. like wooden shack for himself, and I poisoned his dog and burnt down the shack. And um, none of this stuff was overt in the script; it was just heavily implied. So I oh, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. But I had to put a lot of work into my acting to make it clear without saying it, and I internalized that on such a deep level mm-hmm. that like I was. I found myself really like bothered by myself throughout the rehearsal process. Right. Uh, for me, uh, it's actually, uh, it's in the movie that we're making now. Uh, 
I actually, I had a particularly upsetting week, and uh, we had to film this scene where I was talking about how the clones represent, like, this character's inner demons. So one of the clones is really, really hateful, just really super cynical, um, and the, the main character just goes to talk to this guy, and uh, the clone has a full-on mental breakdown, uh, yelling at the main character about all his flaws and yelling at him for, like, how terrible of a person he is. And for me, uh, a lot of this script is pretty autobiographical. Like, uh, a lot of the themes that I talk about, some of the flaws that the clones yell at this character are actually my flaws. And uh, I channeled a lot of what was wrong with that week into that character where... And this character is also, like, fucking nuts. Like, he's crazy. So um, he has a mental breakdown yelling and... uh, I remember, like, coming out of that monologue, like, shaking, like, because I was literally yelling at myself about all of the flaws that I had, and that's, that's kind of like a, um, and when you're in that, when you feel it, uh, it's, it's kind of terrifying. Even my mom, my mom didn't want to hear the monologue anymore, because it was in my house, and I was, like, screaming it, and she did not want to, do you remember that? Yeah, and I also (laughs) remember that we did this, you had to do this, like, three or four times. More than that, it was, like, five or six sure but in between takes you would not look me in the eye i don't Did even I? know if you knew really? this you would no, not know that you would not meet my gaze ah uh, yeah that that recording day was crazy hmm. what's your process like to get out of that like method acting right it seems yeah it seems like you're 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 both talking about putting yourself physically in the position of of the person you're trying to act as what is your process to unravel all of that do, do you have a process i mean yeah, um, I I do actually. Oh, really? Uh, it um, it it varies a little bit uh, each time, but um, unfortunately, when I'm in a show, I'm like kind of unable to get over that until I'm home hmm. because it's so like loud and hectic. It's hard for me to um, kind of like relax and unpack everything that just happened, but. Usually, um, once I get home, I will make a list in my head of very, very simple tasks that I have to do, and I'll, like, break them down into the smallest steps. Like, say I have to make pasta, right? Step one is, I like, I get a pot out, you know? It's, like, that broken down. Wow. And <laughs> I always make sure that, like, I'm, I focus on the exact task I'm doing right now, keeping my, um, my breathing like uh sustained and constant and i need um it's there's always like a few steps in that list where i make sure that like i've drank enough water Hmm. Hmm. uh for me i don't really have a a process i kind of just like go to my friends and then like i sort of just like ramp out of it like gradually it just kind of like slips out of me and then i become myself again uh it, it's it's relatively quick for me actually which i'm pretty thankful for that could either mean i'm, I'm not a very good actor or it just means <laughs> that i'm good at getting out of it i don't know <laughs> i yeah it, i you know what i think it just takes me so long because right after the shows because i i mostly um do most of my acting on the stage i've only done a little bit of acting on camera um right after those shows i'm surrounded Mm. by a ton of people right and like the stress of the show itself hasn't worn off yet and i spend another hour and a half with like 30 odd people 
and everybody wanted to talk to me about the show and like mm-hmm. I I at least consider myself pretty introverted so like I that um pressure from not having time to unpack it kind of builds up to where it's a lot um and that's why I kind of have a process that now that I'm thinking about it will probably seem a little dramatic to uh <laughs> listeners who aren't really into this kind of thing but i i yeah i guess i guess for someone who's not into theater it might sound it a little weird really extra. but but for anyone who gets into it and like really decides okay i'm gonna try my best in this you i i'm a total skeptic like uh i'm but it's real it's a real thing where if you are actually into it it's something that you have to like recover from yeah especially if it's you know really emotionally yeah in depth. yeah so on on a more positive note i know we've jumped into a lot of very serious topics I just mm-hmm. wanted to pick both of your brains as to what is in store for the future for both of you. Where, mm. if you're going to college, where are you going to college? After college, if you're going to college, what what are your right. plans? What's what's the trajectory like for Noah and Amber? We we actually both got into our top schools, which is fantastic. That's awesome. Congrats, um, by the way. Yeah, sadly, sadly, we're gonna be uh, across the country from each other, which is gonna suck. But luckily, your mom's a flight attendant, so you can. Come I get free flights. Yeah, she can come visit me whenever she wants. Um, I'm going to be in, uh, Southern California, uh, Chapman university, uh, studying film. It is the number three film program in America. I always have to say that because it's like <laughs> the, one of the biggest accomplishments. Yeah. That's, I've ever that's done. awesome. Dude. So cool. And, uh, what about you? Uh, I'm going to be, um, in Pennsylvania at a much smaller school, um, called Susquehanna university. Uh, the freshman class, for to give you an idea of how small it is, uh, the freshman class is, I believe, two hundred and fifty students. Oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's really tiny, but uh, they have um a fantastic communications program, and uh, shortly after I got accepted, I received a letter from like the chair of their communications department saying that like he was really interested in me specifically and oh, wow. the work that I oh, could yeah, do. Oh yeah, you told me this for the college. Um. So I'm excited to see where that brings me. That's awesome. I guess. That's amazing. What I feel like we've been talking a lot about us. Like, what about you, man? Where Where are you going, Asher? <laughs> so I am. I'm headed off to Georgetown University in the fall. Right. Um. And there, I will likely be studying, or at least I intend to study, um, government, so political science, and then I've, I'm also dabbling around in entrepreneurship. Um. Uh-huh. When it comes to future careers, kind of funny that that you asked that. Because I've been doing a lot of planning about that. I'm thinking for a few years I might want to go into consulting just because it can combine some of my, my newfound interests in, in business and then also my, my older interests, which, which is in government. So it allows me to have that flexibility. But ultimately, I really, I'm really invested in, in starting my own company, being my own boss. Joe and I kind of have a dream where we work we, together and run our own business. Yeah, and then and then our dad comes on. Our our dad's a, a doctor, but um, <laughs> it's kind of like a family tradition. At least at least my my grandfather uh, now works with with my dad um, and in his solo practice. And so the dream is that my dad ends up coming on to work with us. Yeah, so that's, oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's really sweet. That's, what uh, yeah. what. What particularly do you want to like get into? Like, what business do you want to get into? So that that's in the gray area. Yeah, I mean, so uh. we we have some projects that we're working on. Um, this obviously is one of them. If this can grow to be big enough, that would be that would be amazing. Um, we have some other ideas, like a clothing brand, which Joey has been focusing a lot on. I'm planning to write my own book, um, mm. but nothing really in the works of like this is what I want to do. 
uh, for the rest of my life, I right. have just a general outline of what I'm interested in. The, uh, the thing I'm really happy about is, is for college that I'll be able to, to immerse myself in a whole bunch of different things, especially being that I'll be in D.C. So because I'm uh-huh. interested in, in politics, I can fully immerse myself in the most political city possible. Um, <laughs> and also, it's a very heavy business uh, city. So that gives me the opportunity for the both of them. Joey, what, what is is that yeah. what this uh, is that what the debate without debate means? Like, is it is it mainly supposed to be talking about politics or is so, it like? Joe, do you want to talk about sure, this? Sure, sure. Um, so it's kind of a play on words, considering that debate has to have debate in it. Um, but so we talked about this a little bit before. Asher and I are both high school debaters. We've dedicated our afternoons <laughs> for days, literally four we, years. In yeah, my breaks uh, me for two <laughs> years, but we we've spent a lot of time in speech and debate. We've learned a lot from it, but what we found in speech and debate is that it's become a kind of sort of aggressive area where, particularly in the type of debate that we dominantly did, predominantly did, which was LD debate, it was just a lot of yelling and screaming and no one was having any valuable conversations. Um, So after just a lot of conversations about the aggression associated with debate, we decided to start a podcast and there's... Um, a plethora of reasons why we actually started the podcast to begin mm-hmm. with. But um, one of the main reasons for me was kind of to reinsert conversation back into society because that's something that we were kind of kind of lacking in debate, which we initially had. But kind, kind, of, kind of our motto is, is bringing sensible conversations back. We, we want things to be calm and to, to have conversations like we're having where, I mean, like in, in, in mine and Noah's case, I haven't spoken to him in four years, but we've never even met Amber. But we're still able to have a conversation and, and project it to the world. Um, but right. it, in reality, the the way that I first thought of the idea is I, I was saying, I was t- talking about the idea to one of my friends. And when I was describing it, I in, in our Spanish class, we're required to speak only Spanish. And we're also required to come after school twice a week to only speak Spanish for like 30 minutes. And we were talking about the idea and I was like, um, I was trying to give an explanation of it and it was in Spanish, it was debate sin debate and I have like a terrible Spanish accent so I apologize. (laughs) But after I said that, I was like, huh, like that kind of makes sense. Like all of the negative attributes that I would associate with debate, I can remove from it but still have all the amazing things that I liked about the activity. So that was like I really like yeah, that. Yeah, that awesome. was that's kind of like the genesis of of the of the name of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm really interested in, uh, in how like people come up with names of things and stuff because, uh, for example, um, for Dito Productions, which is my YouTube. Sorry, shameless plug. But, no, you, you'll be um, able to worry. plug yeah, it we're, all we're, at the end. We all at the end, we have time for that. Yeah, come we on. have time for that. Like, this is a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dito uh, is is a. It's not a real word, but um, I was thinking about what I want to name my production company when I get older. And I was thinking, like, you know, there are words out there and there are phrases, but they all seem to be taken. Everyone is, like, super creative. What is something that's, like, just mine? Uh, And I remember when I was, like, really little, um, before I could even speak, whenever we'd arrive somewhere, like, in the car or something, uh, we'd just, like, pull into the parking lot. And (laughs) me, like, from the backseat, I'd say, Dito. And my parents had no idea what it meant. Until they, like, consistently started going places, and every every time we'd, like, pull into the parking lot, I'd just say, Dito. No idea where I got the idea from it from, but, like, that was my word, you know? Mm-hmm. And it came to mean that this is the place that we are. This is 
where we're going. This is the destination. So the destination for me is to have a production company. So Dito Productions just kind of fit. I love that. I had no idea. I was yeah. always curious because I always see it, and I had no idea it was. I like that. I right. Like that. <laughs> um, okay, so we talked about how we're going to let you plug everything. Now is the time. <laughs> um, so Amber and Noah, if you individually would like to plug any any of your socials you could plug them now we'll also link them all in the description of this podcast uh well the only the only uh the only thing that i really care i don't really care about instagram or anything like that if you want to check out my youtube channel it's really our youtube channel at this point for the amount of stuff that we've uh put into it the movie is hopefully going to be dropping on dito productions on youtube uh it's spelled d-e-e-t dash d-o-e productions most people, when they type that in, it autocorrects to deer dough. <laughs> so make sure that the R is actually a T. Um, and hopefully by June 10th, uh, our feature-length film will be out. Yeah, and if, and, if uh, you, if you message are... us about that, we'd be happy to, to put it up on our site. Sure, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate no problem, that. Either. Absolutely. Um, I've been trying really hard to come up with a joke about plugging things, but um, <laughs> I, I give up. I have nothing to plug. <laughs> okay. No worries. Except for, actually, um, there's this really good coffee shop in Cranford that's called Track 5. Go to Track 5. <laughs> in Cranford, New Jersey. That's the first time we've ever had someone plug an actual restaurant. Yeah, go for so it. that's the first. Um, but, I love that. But it's anyway, that, that, is a repiso- that is a wrap on episode 012. Can't believe it's already 12 episodes. Thank you again to Noah and Amber for coming on. An amazing conversation. Thanks for having us. A very important one as well where we touched on a lot of yeah. serious things. But without further ado, this is DWD signing off until next week. Peace. Peace.